0: for the last one and a half years, my health was very bad. I often was only lying in in my room and couldn't meditate a lot. I was very weak, couldn't go to evening meetings. and I got very depressed because uh, I didn't know how to handle when your body is so weak so you cannot meditate and your concentration is also very weak. If you read a little bit, this is too much. How, how can you practice with, uh, when, when, when you, I mean for a short time is the problem, but when you are for a long time, you what is, where is be? Well,
1: when you're like that, then just use awareness really, have metta for it, and just investigate it, you know, a, you're still, you know, still can be mindful, and then the, the, uh, unpleasant feelings, the pain, the discomfort, and even your emotional reactions to it of not wanting to meditate, you can't do it, things like this. Just use what's ever present to be aware of it in terms of it's like this, not to make it into, you know, a problem, but to just don't make problems around it. Uh, one year I had malaria, you know, and very badly, and I had asked the same question that you just asked to Lumpa Cha. I said, I can't mm-hmm. meditate anymore. I'm just too weak and sick. I mean, at Thomas Hengpen, I was thinking I was really developing samadhi, and I was really going for it, tooth and nail, and feeling getting it. And then suddenly, I can't do anything. And I then you've got all these these views about malaria that you've heard, you know, about people dying, going crazy, because I didn't know what to expect. So, Ajahn Chah said, well, now your meditation is malaria. Keep that in mind. Just use whatever you're experiencing, you know, good or bad, with this attitude that's like this, so you're just kind of accepting it. And be patient with the the discomforts, uh, physical or mental, that you're going through. You learn a lot from that, you know. I learned more from that than I did from getting samadhi. (laughs) Because you have to really uh, change your attitude. Where, when I was in the samadhi But I was, it was, you know, so based on me trying to get something, you know, trying to get something that I felt I didn't have through reading or what others would tell me. So it was based totally on this illusion of I've got to get some money. And then with the, with the malaria, it was more like seeing the, the reactions I had to the fear I had of going crazy with malaria or the aversion I had to the uh, physical side of it and so I just started just observing and I let go of the mental reactions because I realized I wasn't going to die and, uh, and I was t- they gave me some of these chloroquine tablets you know to take, in those days they used that and uh, then, uh, just I uh, realized that the actual what's like malaria, one day you're feeling quite normal, and then then you start feeling the oncoming of this fever. It's got you can pick it up very quickly. You think here here it is the malaria thing, and then it it builds up to a crescendo in a few days, and then it and then it just Ceases and and you like I just be soaking wet like it, all, the water in my body just kind of drenched the, the mat I was under and then you got this feeling of kind of cool relief which was very pleasant you know so all the things about malaria weren't all that some were pleasant some were not but if you're just fighting against malaria out of ignorance then you you may not notice anything other than you dealt with well, how can I get rid of it I, I don't want this and, and, and I had reoccurring fevers for about a an year and then it stopped but I learned a lot from that You know, I learned how to deal with illness and uh, physical pain and, and, and uh, also fears of you know, dying of the unknown. and... Because in America, you'd, you know, where they, you know, I never encountered malaria there, but you'd hear stories about GIs coming back from tropical countries and then for the rest of their lives they were had these malaria attacks. It sounded really awful, you know. And I'm, my whole life is going to be, I'm going to have this for the rest of my life. That kind of perception, not true, you know, it wasn't an obstruction at all, and it just had to change from this personal striving that I was using a lot to get something that I wanted, to more or less accepting the conditions I was experiencing. So when you have it, when you get like that, you know, I encourage you to try it out because you learn a lot. You know, it's not the, the, these are not obstructions, even though you might personally regard them as such. But that's another
0: view you you, you create yourself. Um, well, often I have problem because uh, my feeling of Samana is weak you know, because I'm only lying there, you know, I don't even can go yeah. yeah. in there, but even cannot meditate, you know, I can only read a book, you know, it's not someone I like, until I feel depressed, because, you know, this is not like someone else doing, so it's more touching <coughs> things coming, and uh, so this, this works together.
1: Yeah, well, you also, you know, if, uh, someone alive is, doesn't mean you can always be good at everything, because <laughs> 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 in Thailand, they, you know, they say the word "gang" is applied. You know, oh, he's really gang. And he, he does things very quickly and better than the rest. And it kind of hold that up. And so many of the gang foreign monks disrobe. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't last very long. So that's why, why you know, have more confidence in your in your awareness of these things. You know, whatever you're grasping, you you feel you're you're not a very good summoner. That's a feeling you create. You know, so you start looking at it not as just trying to suppress the feeling or believe it, but just no it is a perception that comes and goes out there all the time. But you know, you you're attached to an ideal of what you should good someone should be. That's another creation. And then you're sick like that and you can't do any of those things that good summoners do. And then you have to people have to come and bring you food and you're only junior monk and things like this. Then you can feel guilty or worthless but these are all things to observe you know, that which observes is not, you know will help you to see through the illusions you're creating about yourself and your ideals
0: we were having some fevers at Pujam Gong this year and uh, we heard that there was this dengue fever we heard it was coming up in the hospitals And uh, a couple of people got it, and it seemed like the symptoms corresponded to that particular pattern of fevers. And then a couple of other people got this other fever, that the symptoms weren't exactly the same, but they were pretty close. And it was really interesting watching the mind kind of like trying to like put it into a box, but not being able to. Like almost, it was like, oh... It, it would be almost better if it was dengue fever because then you would know what it was <laughs> <laughs> even though it's a terrible thing that nobody wants but all of a sudden you're like "But this unknown thing is you have a worse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, who makes these names for these humans do you know, that's dengue fever that's malaria but the words don't really matter, you know and then we create a security out of believing in definitions and in words. Like observing yourself, how sometimes things don't, aren't real unless you have a word for them or you can define them. You know, so I noticed this in myself. So much of life, it's it's moving, it's, you know, this continuous movement and changing this. And words tend to make something more than what it is so you know word just goes by very quickly this is dengue fever it's not dengue fever Mm -hmm. and then you you attach to that concept of dengue fever where actually what you're experiencing is like this whatever you want to call it and uh, you don't need a word because you're actually experiencing it but so many diseases now have no names for them you know, nobody knows quite what they are. They call them viruses or something because that's a generic term for what we don't know. <laughs> and this is like the human human condition: is you know, we live in we create this world, uh, for, uh, a world that we create ourselves, and give us a sense of security. Like, I met people who wanted an identity, no matter if it was a good one or a bad one. So, you know, say say, you know, I'm just a nobody, can be another ego. (laughs) You know, so, or alcoholics will, will say, I'm an alcoholic, almost, you know, when you first meet them, I'm an alcoholic. And... And, and that's an identity something to uh, define yourself with alcoholism or, or uh, whatever you know nationality, class sexual orientation everybody's pinpointing themselves as some kind of you know heterosexual homosexual or bisexual and then, then you identify with, with race or class or ethnic group and why do we do this, you know? Why Why do we have to have a definition? Because we don't know ourselves, so we want... Even if it's not a very... nice Like, I'm a nobody, or I'm just... I'm just an ordinary guy, it's still an identity. And uh, or I'm a hopeless case. Or I'm no good, you know? You can... The other people talk about themselves like that. Others... More like saying, well, i you know, I was first in the class, and I was a, a, a very highly regarded basketball player, and I'm a film star or a rock singer. And <laughs> you got, you, got uh, you know, and then it's like being a famous person or a movie star, something that gives you, a, you know, an identity of being somebody important. And then we, within the forces, you know, the millions that we're living in, you know, what, you know what, what, how do you see yourself in the sangha? What identity do you hold about yourself? But, you know, you're the one that creates these identities. They aren't absolute fixed identities sent from above. They're, they're what we create in our own minds. Ajahn Chah, the first year I was with him, he said I should reflect on my own virtues and goodness. He could tell that I'm my basic character. It tends to be self-critical. I, I, I was very much aware of weaknesses and faults and negative things about myself. Because I thought that's being honest, you know, I'm honest about myself. You know, I've got this problem with this and that. And that. A lot of fears and, and that. But Dung didn't I guess he could tell that that was my tendency, so he said, think about your goodness. And so I went back to my kuti and I started trying to think, my virtues, and I never thought of myself, you know, I was 33 years old or so, and I never thought of myself as virtuous for good actually nothing came up in my mind <laughs> and then if you ask me, well what are, what are your faults and weaknesses, I could have given you a long list <laughs> I think why is that, why do I why do I see the, just the negative side of me because if I was just a neurotic, hopeless mess with all these faults and weaknesses why would I be living at Wat Bapong, living under Vinaya Keep me uh, a celibacy, you know, why wouldn't I, you know, if I was such a neurotic, screwed up person, why wasn't I back in Berkeley taking all the drugs, this is when the drug scene was wide open, you know, <coughs> they were having a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could do anything you wanted, and nobody would criticize you for it, where, well, you know, well, I very strict, you know, you had to conform, you had to do things according to, and uh, boy, boy I, could, I could have left and gone to Berkeley and just led an kind of easy life, but I knew that that's what I didn't want. So that's, because I really I began to admit I really love truth, goodness, and beauty. Otherwise, why would I be a monk? why would I meditate, why don't I just, you know, I was in a situation where hedonism was encouraged everywhere, enjoy the world, enjoy the senses, do whatever you feel like attitudes, wasn't that I was prohibited from that, just, I could see that that it was a hopeless way to live, and, and, you know, I could... I was aware in Berkeley of people that had lived that way for a long time and they were not, they were rather pathetic, you know, as you get older,
0: it's in the kind of ugly way to have to live your life.